Welcome to Share Your Magic, Biz and Brand Talk with Mary Alvazurez. If you are a soul-driven entrepreneur looking to share your magic with the world in the best ways possible, this is the podcast for you. Mary is here to give you the actionable tools, insights, inspiration, uplifting conversations, and goods to level up your brand, biz, and world. Ready to share your magic with the world? Let's get started. Here is your host, Mary. Hello, beautiful soul. I'm so excited to have you here with me again. Today, we have special guest, Stephanie DeSoniers. Stephanie is a small business strategist and online educator who teaches home-based artisans, makers, and creative entrepreneurs how to create a product-based business they love without having to take away time from their families. She's helped hundreds of small businesses identify ways to reduce costs, increase sales, and plan for growth year after year. Businesses that Stephanie has worked with have added second locations, hired team members for the first time, and seen an increase in profits even during the, the even during COVID. <laughs> um, hi, Stephanie. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. You know, out of all my guests, I haven't had anybody talk about this topic and it's definitely an important one. So I'm excited to talk about, you know, growing and thriving with your product-based businesses today. Oh, fantastic. It's one of my favorite things. So I could talk for hours on it. (laughs) Amazing. I love to hear that. Uh, But before we jump into all the fun stuff, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you got started, um, you know, how you got to where you are today, a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, so that was a very long journey. I'm going to give you the very condensed version. Um, So I actually am an environmental scientist by education. I worked for 10 years as a geoscientist, um, as a uh, groundwater contamination expert. And while I was doing that, um, I'd always wanted to understand business. Uh, I had wanted to change my major to business at undergrad, but the university that I went to, um, it was, if you didn't, if you didn't get accepted your freshman year as a business major, it was very competitive. And so uh, it was just not possible to change majors. But I wanted to, I just wanted to know what it was like to run a business. Like, what was it like to have to do bookkeeping? What did that look like? What did, what would it look like to do marketing and, and, you know, writing emails? It just really intrigued me. And so while I was working full-time as a scientist, I started a business um, sewing and selling bags and needle and pattern storage for knitters and crocheters. And um, I actually grew that business over the course of about 10 years. I scaled it to the point where I actually outsourced manufacturing. I was no longer making it all myself because I couldn't keep up with demand. And, um, you know, it was doing really, really well. But uh, when COVID hit, I was kind of reevaluating what I wanted to do. At that point, I had left environmental work. I was working as a consultant for an entrepreneurial resource center. Um, So I was doing more of like taking everything I learned in the 10 years of running my own business, plus everything I learned working for, you know, a large um, corporate environmental consulting firm and helping business owners apply those same concepts. And so when COVID hit, my kids were coming home. I kind of overhauled everything. I had to leave my job at the, uh, the entrepreneur center. 
Um, I shut down my bag business because just with everything that happened in 2020, my manufacturer was um, struggling. I was struggling to get fabric orders and everything in. And so I decided I was just going to completely pivot um, away from my product-based business and really focus on taking what I learned to help other makers accomplish what I did, but in, in, le in way less time, right? I didn't want other makers to spend 10 hours or 10 years reaching the point I you know, the, the reaching the point I got to, I really wanted them, you know, to be able to do it in, you know, two instead. And so that's a slightly shortened version of my journey into entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, um, yeah, no, I'm really glad that, you know, you got to, you follow that nudge, right? You're like, um, I'm in science, but I really want to do business. And I'm really glad <laughs> I got there. I was in the beginning also of my journey. I was studying like PR and like fashion and all that fun stuff, which was really fun for me at the time. But I always still wanted my own business. I was like, I want my own clothing store. I still want to be a business owner of something. Um, blah, 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 blah. And then finally, I am where I'm at. And I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but I love it. I'm always like, yeah, you ended up where you wanted to be. But That's amazing. And I'm glad you... Um, you know, got to pivot and do everything you have to do. And now you're in a place where you get to help people. I'm yes. like, whatever helps to get to the, like, you know, get through the shortcuts, that's even better. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So let's dive in. Um, we all know that growing a business, you know, that path looks literally differently for everyone. Um, so there's no really right do X, Y, Z, and that will lead to you to success. Right. Because I think X, Y, Z looks differently for everyone. But since we're talking about product-based businesses, which is very different from service-based businesses, I'd love your thoughts on what would you say is one thing that could really help a product-based business thrive? One thing that I, I think will really help a product-based business thrive is not, not getting stuck in the mindset that because you're new, you have to, um, you have to severely discount. I hear so many new makers saying, I just... I'm just starting out. So I just want to cover my costs. Um, but the, the challenge there is that's such a limiting mindset that a lot of product businesses don't recognize because, you know, the people who are going to buy, we, we expect to pay money for good things. Right. And if you are charging so little, you know, you're only covering your costs, it, it ends up building this unsustainable business, um, where you're working, constantly and you're never actually adding any money to you know your family's bank account and so one of the biggest things with starting out is I always encourage product-based businesses like don't just look at your costs like make sure you're also putting in a buffer in there to, to actually take some money home like you need to be making <laughs> you need to be able to you know take some of the money you've earned and be able to do something for your family with it you're not just working to crank out products to buy more stuff to make more products itself like that's not sustainable. And that's how you burn out. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I think one thing that, you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up, like, you know, discounting ourselves. I think because we see, you know, XYZ company do it, we're like, we assume, and we see like, oh, they're successful, right? They have a thousand customers and all of that. Um, that's what we should do. So it's almost like a comparison thing, right? What would you say is a good way to like, overcome that comparison trap where it's like well you know my neighbor down the street that also sells this stuff like me she's doing that so I should be doing that right <laughs> oh yeah 
Yeah. And that's really hard, especially when you're starting out. Cause you're like, well, I don't, I don't know how much I'm supposed to price it. Like, how am I supposed to advertise it? What events should I do? But really the biggest thing um, to get out of that comparison trap is just focus on the people who are buying your products. So, you know, most product-based businesses, they start out because they make stuff for their kids or their family. People are like, oh, these are amazing. You should sell them. Right. So you already have these people who are kind of cheerleading you and, and telling you to go out and sell these products. And you have a really great initial customer base who support you. And so then the key there is just continue to focus on the customer base. Just continue to focus on what is it people are looking for from me and from my products? And how can I make sure that I'm serving them to the best of my ability with these products? Like, you know, Jane down the street may also make candles, but it doesn't matter what her candles are because my candles are amazing and I know my customers like them and I just need to focus on the right people appreciate what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Oh my God. I'm like, I feel like we just opened a whole world of like, I want to ask you all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. But I'm going to try to stay in in line. (laughs) All good. Um, Speaking of, you know, you know, like, when you start your business, you're selling to your family and friends, right? Mm-hmm. But there's only so many family friends you have, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what would you say is a really great marketing tool? I mean, I know there's a thousand and it really, you know, depends on your product. Um, but what would you say is one marketing tool that you found that was really successful for you? And, um, you know, yeah, you would pass it on as like a tool for someone else to use. <laughs> yeah. So the, the marketing tool that I love the most is email. Email marketing is just so impactful for e-commerce and is so underutilized. I mean, I have um, e-commerce businesses that are hitting six figures and they're still, they're still not utilizing email to the best of its potential. Um, with my product-based business, by the time I shut down, email was generating 50% of my revenue. Oh. Uh, because, and, and but I, I say email in conjunction with Early on in a product-based business, I want you to go out and do vendor events. I want you to go out and be selling in person because that is the best way to get in front of new people and get feedback and then to get them on an email list. And the one thing I've heard over and over when I do vendor events is, hey, sign up for my newsletter, but don't worry, I'm not going to spam you with emails. I'm just going to let you know if I'm having a sale. And email and email lists can be super, super impactful, but you have to be comfortable with actually sending emails. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they actually have to go out. Um, so email is the number one tool, but I, I say that in conjunction with early on, get out to those vendor events, get in front of people, answer their questions, ask them questions, because that is also like the easiest way to gain insights into what people are looking for. And then you can take all of those insights, put it into your emails and start generating, you know, generating more sales, building those relationships on a, uh, on an ongoing basis. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say um, emailing once a week, um, you know, emailing twice a week? I mean, there's so many different formulas, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot of formulas. There's no one size fits all like we've talked about. But ideally, I always recommend starting out with once a week. And there's always a question of, well, I don't know what to say. And, And my answer to that is, did you post on Facebook this week? Did you post on Instagram this week? If you did, copy whatever you put up there and put it into an email. And that's your email this week. Um, it, it doesn't have to be selling. It doesn't have to be anything over the top, just something as simple as, you know, sharing a behind the scenes or, you know, what's going on in the business this week. Um, it, just enough to keep people recognizing your name 
and engaging with you. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. No, repurposing content is so, 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 oh, that's like the secret, right? (laughs) Some people don't know. Um, One of my coaches, she actually does that. She'll post like a really great story on Instagram. And like the next, like two days later, I'll find it in my inbox. And I always open her emails because I like to know, you know, what she's saying. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is the same story I already read, but I find myself reading it again. (laughs) Right. And I don't hate her for it. And I'm exactly. not like, oh, why is she telling me the same story again? I'm just like, oh yeah, ha ha ha. I already know this story, right? Right. Um, I think we fall into that if we are too, sometimes it's like if we're too much in people's faces, oh, they're going to resent us. But no, the people that love you just love you and they're going to, they want to know everything, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh, you know, and I, I actually didn't even think about this myself until I saw my business coach doing it. Like you said, I would see a Facebook post from her. And then two hours later, I'd be opening my emails. I'd be like, wait, I just saw that. But the, but the key here is you and I noticed it because, because we kind of, we really look for stuff like that, right? Like we are really invested in following these coaches and, and, and hearing everything they have to say. But broadly, when we're talking about product-based businesses and e-commerce, you know, something like maybe 5% of your audience on social media is going to see your post. Like the algorithm is really wonky. And then an email, if you have really good open rates, you're still probably sitting at about 30% of your audience opening any given email. So the chances of that 5% and that 30% overlapping is very, very slim. And so, you know, when people get paranoid, well, well, they'll, they'll realize I'm just repeating myself. There's not anything new. I'm like, it's highly unlikely anyone is going to notice that you did it unless you tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I really glad that you brought that up. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God, I love this. Like I said, it's so funny because now you're like, I could talk about this for days and I'm like, I have all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about goals. Um, you've done an amazing job in helping product-based businesses grow and reach certain goals we all dream of, right? Like Mm -hmm. hiring team members, you know, opening a second location, increasing Mm -hmm. profits, or like you said, taking, taking money home, right? Yes. (laughs) What would you say to someone that's listening right now about, you know, how, like about achieving goals? I'd love to know your um, insights on that. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I have learned over time is, when, especially as makers and, and creatives who are still, we're building, you know, we're creating our products ourselves, we're assembling, like we're doing all the things ourselves. We have to make sure that our business goals also align with our personal goals. Um, you know, if you've got a personal goal of taking more vacations this year, taking summers off with your kids, but then you set a business goal of increasing revenue by 50%, something has to give, right? And so it's, it's making sure when you first set out to set some goals, you know, you're going to, you, you're probably starting with revenue goals in your business. Cause that's where almost everyone starts, right? I want to make X amount of dollars, but then looking at it and going, okay, for instance, for me to make $50,000 this year, I'm either going to have to work, you know, like 50% more, which means less time for my family. But my goal this year on my personal side is more time for my kids, So it's recognizing where there's a disconnect before it even happens, like right when you're goal setting so that you can create a plan on the business side. So, okay, if if I want to increase my revenue to $50,000, but I can't do it all myself, what needs to happen? And one of the key things in goal setting with your business is you, 
you need to recognize that to grow your business, you either need to invest time or you need to invest money. And so recognizing where you reach your limit of investing time, like I'm only working on my business 20 hours a week because the rest of it is for my family and kids. Okay, then where are you going to invest your money in order to continue to achieve those goals? Is it going to be someone to help you creating your products? Is it going to be someone to help you packaging and shipping them? Is it someone who's going to do your social media? Um, For me, it was paying to have my products manufactured, right? And I was, I was having to, place these large orders. It was a large financial investment upfront. And I wasn't going to see that money necessarily for a few months after selling the products. But that initial investment was very, very important to me because I was not spending the time with my kids that I planned on. So in goal setting, really understand what your personal goals are and your business goals and recognizing if there's a disconnect so that you can start adjusting your business to make sure that both of them are feasible. Mm, I love that. Yeah, no, I think that's something we, we don't think about that at all. <laughs> right. We're always like focused on one or the other, right? It's like, what's in front of us. We need the money. Okay. We're going to focus on that goal. Oh yeah. I also have my kids here or I have these commitments. Um, and so it's always like, what's taking my attention. That's the thing we focus on, but I love that you're like, don't forget to think about both and how we can align them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you can really make things happen. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Um, I do have some must ask this questions. Like I always ask, um, (laughs) my guests. So um, for anyone that's feeling stuck or afraid, um, you know, to take that next big step in their business, um, what would you say to them? Like how to get out of being stuck or how to be able to move forward when you're feeling afraid of like taking that next leap, whether it's getting started or reaching that next, you know, um, big goal. Yeah, that, that is a huge question. I actually just talked through this with a client the other day. So the the first thing that I usually ask is, um, you know, what, what are you afraid of, right? What are you afraid is going to happen? And and a lot of times, you know, the fear is I'm not going to achieve that goal or, um, the fear is I'm going to try and start this business and I'm going to fail. Right. And The thing is, you know, fear is our brains trying to keep us safe, you know, um, because it used to be if we made a wrong decision, we ended up dying. (laughs) And, and so our, you know, our primitive brain is still kind of operating in in that manner. Well, this is risky. This is unknown. This could end in death. Um, But that's not the case here. So, you know, if you're, if you're afraid to start a business or you're afraid to take a big step into the growth, I always ask, what is the worst possible outcome? Because if we can name and verbalize the worst possible outcome, we can create plans to mitigate or remove that outcome. So, you know, name the fear. If the fear is, well, I'm going to put myself out there and try and start this business and my business is going to fail. Nobody's going to support it. Okay. So if nobody supports your business, then what's, you know, what's the damage? Well, I have a failed business. Do you still have a house? Yes. Do you still have a family? Yes. Okay. So, so the, the impact of that worst case scenario is actually not that significant, right? So now we go, okay, so now what steps can we take to make sure that that worst case scenario doesn't happen? You know, that's, it's really just naming the fear and then creating a plan to try and mitigate that worst case scenario. Mm, I love that so much. Uh, yeah, I, I've learned that in the past and I'm remembering it again now. So thank you for reminding me. <laughs> but yeah, it turns out sometimes 
that thing that we fear is like the silliest outcome. <laughs> like, right. It's not really going to come true. Like, the, you know, the, the clouds really aren't going to fall from the sky like we think they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. We shared so many golden nuggets with us today. Thank you. Of course. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, you know, just really don't be afraid to take risks in your business and, and learn something new and, and try something different. Um, you know, there's just, there's so many different ways to go about growing your product-based business. And there's so many different avenues. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of just putting yourself out there because again, most of the time, worst case scenario is whatever it is, doesn't work out and you figure out something new to do. <laughs> absolutely it's really simple right but you never know unless you try yep exactly (laughs) amazing oh thank you so much for all the goodies you share with us today where could people connect with you stephanie yeah so you can find me uh on my website at businessbydesign.com. That's design with a Z. Uh, You can also check out my free Facebook group for makers and creatives. It's called the Handmade Business Collective. Um, And I have a Facebook business page, Steph Does Business by Design. So any of those three places. I love that. I mean, your Facebook group sounds so exciting. I'm not even going to get in there because I'm like, I'm going to want to start a product-based business. <laughs> oh, I know. And they're always, like, I'm, they're always dropping links. So I'm like, well, now, have a, now I'm going to go buy. So great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Well, I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes for anyone that wants to check that out. Definitely connect with Stephanie. She's got some really, mag- she's got a lot of magic to share. So thank you again. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Of course. And there we have it. That's all today, friends. I hope this inspires you and uplifts you in all the ways. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm sending all the love, light, good vibes, and magic into your home, your world, and your business. I'll see you later. You've been listening to the Share Your Magic podcast with Mary Alvazurez. If you've enjoyed what you've heard on today's episode, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time, keep sharing your magic with the world. We'll catch you in the next episode.